But I do think that the remembrance of a guy who hung on for a long time and never got them to where they wanted to go will do Fox no favors. If he has Yante Maton, one of the probably top 25, 30 players in the country, and can't make the tournament. I guess you could say we've turned the page from football season to basketball season on this podcast, but the Georgia basketball team, a team with a very impressive non-conference start to the year, has suffered quite a few critical SEC losses recently. The three of us jump into the state of the Georgia basketball team and Coach Fox a little bit later in this episode, but first, we finish up a few thoughts on that ending, that gut-wrenching ending that the football team suffered. There's that word again. I've used the word suffered twice already in this introduction, talking about University of Georgia sports teams. But nevertheless, on this show, we take a where-do-we-go-from-here approach when discussing the football team as they head into 2018 and a what's-going-to-happen approach to the basketball team, who, by the way, as of my recording of this intro, just lost a, you guessed it, another critical SEC game in double overtime to Arkansas. This is episode 128 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and I'm joined today, as usual, by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. It's our first post-football season show. Just three guys sitting around on a microphone doing what y'all have done for two weeks now, trying to figure out if the 2017 almost completely magical season will serve as a springboard to better things to come, or will it just be another fleeting moment of hope like many we've seen before in recent Georgia Bulldog football history? Personally, I'm betting on the springboard philosophy. So let's get started. Here's Will to kick us off, and don't worry, it's not all doom and gloom. We do smile and laugh at times, and we do read a few very nice podcast reviews from our listeners. Hope you enjoy the show. So, uh, how is everybody doing? It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. It's funny, I mentioned this in my newsletter. I'm curious, one thing we did not really talk about... <laughs> oh, the a, bourbon? Yeah, he hasn't yes. drank since the game. Oh, you haven't drank since the game? Nope. No, I oh. usually, Will and I were talking about this. We, I usually take January off to recalibrate <laughs> it's I mean, good. after a football season. Yeah, yeah. So smart. Yes, yes. And this football season went a, long, a little oh. longer than they usually do. <laughs> it was so. glorious. It went, it went a legit six months. No, I know. Like, full on. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's just no. like yeah. the bourbon hit my lips. I understand. I'm just happy glorious. for you. He's, he's, he's actually levitating I'm right now. Pants back on now. So <laughs> that had nothing to do with the bourbon. <laughs> so we talked a little. We waited. I like that we waited three days before yeah. we actually did the post game. Uh, I feel like <laughs> everyone needed to kind of go through their own processes. And now we're ready to actually be together in person. I'm curious now that we've got a couple weeks away. It's been a couple weeks. It feels both... Like it just happened, and as if it happened fifty years ago, like all big, like a car crash, yeah. or a marriage, yeah. <laughs> like a, like a wedding, I guess, not a marriage, a wedding. Um, <laughs> the way that something, a big momentous event, feels like it happened a lifetime ago, but but very immediately. How is everybody feeling? Two weeks later, I was telling Scott uh, before we got on the show that watching the Patriots Jaguars game when it was twenty to ten <laughs> Jaguars, and I was watching it. And I realized two things. One, no, the Patriots are totally going to win this game. And two, because I was an impartial observer watching it, I realized, oh, my God, this is what everybody who isn't a Georgia fan thought when Georgia was up in the fourth quarter. Alabama's going to come back and win this game. That doesn't make it feel any better, but somehow it allowed me to at least take a step back from it and realize, oh, this is – while this still hurts for Georgia fans – uh, the casual observer probably under, under, saw that coming maybe better than we did. It made me feel better watching the Jag. I mean, I was pulling for the Jaguars, but then when they let it slip away because they got way too conservative and just got the Patriots, I guess, mojo in their head, it, you know, it made me feel a little bit better. Although I felt even the best, if my English is correct, when the Vikings beat the Saints because I don't like the Saints and the way that they lost that was about as uh, soul-wrenching of a loss uh, Georgia fans felt against Alabama. I think it was far more soul-wrenching. Yeah, it could have been. Well, that guy really didn't even... That, would you call that an, an attempted tackle that that defensive back made? No, oh, I, I think I think I think I saw it best on Twitter as he made a form tackle on Mente <laughs> Tio's girlfriend. Yes, 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 yes. But, so how is everybody feeling? How's everybody doing two weeks out? You know, it's it's interesting because it kind of correlated. I, I was thinking on the way over here. It's like we 
we kind of now in the it's interesting we're doing this on a podcast i'm saying this on a podcast uh with on an on-demand podcast that we kind of demand to know exactly how we feel in the moment at that moment right and, and to be perfectly honest driving home from the from the national championship game i, I looking back on it, i was more numb than anything else yeah. right but i couldn't break away from the feeling that we had we had been a part of something really special and when i say we i mean as as a georgia fan base we had been a part of something special for the year um and i went back and i really thought about what i said when scott interviewed me which was i just can't let one play define an entire season in this way does it suck we came this close you know, insert your fingers being very close together to winning a national championship in that we came this close to actually out Alabama in Alabama um, and, and finishing it, off the perfect season, finish off off the, the dream season right the perfect you know the dream season yeah god it's it's it really really hurts right it I mean it it is really terrible in a lot of ways but I, I can't be disappointed in having seen in person the, the two best football games of the season <laughs> and a, th- a third that easily ranks in the top 10 or 15. And on top of that, we, we probably saw the best Georgia team uh, maybe ever. Uh, you know, and I, I realize it can be controversial considering what happened in 80, but sometimes we do have a tendency to let accomplishments and trophies dictate what is actually best. And I, I think anybody would tell you that the 2000, I'm sorry, the 80, one and 82 Georgia teams were better than the 80 Georgia team. I think, I think it's demonstrably when you look at stats, we look at everything else. It just happens to be there was in, in 81 Clemson was better in 82. We can make the debate, but, but that was, um, it was, um, that was Penn state or Pitt, whichever one, I can't remember which one it was. Same thing. Penn same state. state. Yeah. Um, was better. Um, but the Georgia teams were actually better that year than they were in 80. Um, all that's to say that God, it's still, it still sucks and it hurts a little bit that we lost the game in such soul gut punch, soul wrenching, gut punching fashion. But I don't think I'm ever going to look back at 2017 and not be like, "My God, what a fun season! What an incredible season that we got to be a part of something really, really utterly special." Now, going back to some things that happened earlier in the season, we could look back on this as a start. In, which is which is I think at least at least I think you also Scott agree I know Will and I agree that it probably is, or we could look back in this like God remember remember that year y'all I mean it could be literally the it literally could be that year it could this 2017 could be what you know I remember thinking as a as a you know, when I was in high school think back when I was in middle school or we called it junior high then uh, about the the early 80s teams and how magical that was so. That's a very long way of saying I remain hurt over the ending, but the run-up to all of it was magical. Scott? Yeah, I was having a hard time that first week because I tend to be a little bit more dramatic with my own feelings about being the Atlanta-slash-Georgia fan. I'm not going to rehash that because I've mentioned it probably a couple times every season when something goes wrong, but you know, the Falcons didn't help. Let's just put it that way. Uh, a couple days after less than a week after, but like I said, the saints lost kind of mended my heart a little bit. I think what helped me was actually getting out of the house three days after and what Tony referenced and putting together that that little interview style video, because I got to see, I, I spoke to probably 11 or 12 people and put about seven or eight people in the, in the final edit but I was able to see people from different walks of life, different knowledgeability <laughs> um, spectrums on Georgia football, and they all pretty much said the same thing. I think Tony put it best when he said, if, if I was okay with this scenario in August, why wouldn't I be okay with it in January? And I think that Georgia fans looking forward can be bullish on this team. And the one thing that's gotten me excited about 2018 already is like, the, the dream season will always be there, but the fact that Kirby's put together back-to-back recruiting classes, and which will be all finalized in just a couple of weeks yeah. with uh, National Signing Day, the second one coming aboard, I can't tell you I've ever felt so excited about re- recruiting. Now, I'm not going to dive into their names and study their profiles or anything. I'm just going to kind of like how Will says, like 
yay, we've got new guys on campus. Let's figure them out in, in August. But from everything I've read, from what Seth's written and some of the other Georgia blogs, it's going to be hard to replace that senior class and, and the, the, the running backs uh, and Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb and then, you know, the defensive talent that left. But, I mean, we've got as good a chance as anybody as being right back there in 2018. And, you know, one of the things I think the legacy of this team, it feels like the legacy of this team will be will be uh, a rebuilding of the legacy of leadership within the team. Um, one of the things that, I mean, if you go back and listen to our podcast in 15, um, that I, I'm pretty sure I hit on early because it's certainly something I was thinking at the time is that I was hopeful about having uh, some senior leaders step up in a way that we hadn't seen happen since Aaron Murray left. And um, I, I think you had, and, may, and maybe Joe Cox, maybe Joe Cox. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, was, you know, Joe, Joe was, you know, but you know, Aaron Murray certainly, you know, led that charge. He and Aaron, uh, he and uh, Lynch, uh, Artie Lynch. You know, we're part of that kind of leading the vanguard on that. But, you know, some of the stuff you're hearing, and it could be postseason happy talk, and that's fine right now. Um, some of the stuff we're hearing right now is exactly that about the senior leadership. It's like, you know, we've already had the guys step up. It, it helps that a couple of the guys that could have gone, gone for draft evaluations didn't. Uh, a couple of the guys that could have declared for the draft didn't. There are some guys that step in the void. Now, talent-wise, it doesn't look like anybody's going to be able to replace Rokon Smith, but you never know because we, we, we knew Rokon Smith was going to be very good. You're never gonna be None of us knew he was going to be All-American and elevate his draft stock into the top 10. Do you read into anything about him really waiting to the 11th hour to declare? Like he, he said and wrote that he was thinking about it, but I'm sure there was some point in him Thinking like, gosh, I'd love to come back and do what Sony and Nick did. They, I mean, it'd be malpractice. It would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah, would yeah. have been. I mean, like, as much as awesome it was is that Sony and, and Chubb came back. They weren't a top ten. They pick. were not a mid. No. Yeah, like they were yeah. not a lottery pick. I guess as they would say. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, he is a, he is nearly a lock to be a top fifteen pick oh, yeah. e- easily. Um, and depends on what he does at the combine, he can move up yeah. to four or five. So it's kind of weird, by the way, that the other Chubb is going to be like a top five pick. Well, like, yeah, but that, you know, it's funny. Are they related? Yeah, the cousins. Yeah, yeah the oh, cousins. Okay. Um, so, you know, you asked that question. How do you feel? It's funny because at the time, I was struggling with what I was going to write about. And, you know, you're in the press box. Everything good. I'm as shocked as everybody else. And, and they, you know, they came right toward us in the press box uh, when that happened. And it just kind of shook you up. And, you know, I was talking to Seth Emerson, actually, in the uh, – in the press box before the game, and we were just talking about how crazy it was that whatever happens in the next three and a half hours is actually just going to change so many lives. And even Seth was talking about, like, yeah, I mean, if they win this game, I think I probably have to write a book in the like next two months. And, right. And like everybody's li- like, it just changes everything. I was worried about the fact that I had a 6 a.m. flight to New York and would have missed Athens, what, the explosion that would have happened for those two days. As it turned out, I just had a bunch of people sending me uh, pictures of these sad pop up vendors and how it was three for one, <laughs> 80% off, and how it was just miserable uh, in the days after that. So I was actually okay with missing that. But I do think that – so when you think about how much that would change in the next three hours, that one second, of course, that one play changed everything in this, that one moment. It was funny. I watched the – I finally watched the highlights. Have you guys watched the highlights yet? Uh, yes, I have watched some. No. I sat down and watched the uh, – there's a really good uh, YouTube channel mm-hmm. that actually – that edits them all in like little 15, 20-minute packages. This hits all the big moments. And I watched it with William uh, who stayed up my, – my six-year-old stayed up to watch the whole game. And um, and I watched the highlights with him. And right after the sack, we both looked at each other. We're like, we could stop it here, right? Yeah. And it was actually very enjoyable. Yeah. It's actually really fun yeah. to watch it if you just stop it right there. Um, so I think that we're going to look back. It's like you t- your your line about if you if this would made you happy in August should make you happy in January. Definitely sounds awesome in theory. But talk to a Cleveland Browns fan for the drive, uh, like that. See, like like the the the, the, the Ernest Spiner fumble, or talk to a Texas Ranger fan about 2011, or talk to a Falcons fan, or a Braves fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like the way that this is okay. And I talked about this even in the pre pre preview for the games. Once you're there, you might as well win. 
And the problem is, is this is this is this, and that's why I wrote about that in the piece. I was trying to think, well, how do I try to capture what just happened? And I thought the best way to do it was not to be like in a great game at the uh, at, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, or Georgia just couldn't quite do it, or the way that like people generally write about that. I felt like I mentioned this in our post-game show. I needed to write about the way that like if someone that you cared about was just in an accident and and just had something hugely traumatic happen to them. You need to talk and be like, it's going to be okay. This happened. There's you, it's, it's going to take a while to get over, but here's all the good things that, that led up to this and all the good things that came out with this. I felt like I needed to talk to Georgia fans as if they were trauma victims because they were. And it's been two weeks, and I think that's loosened up a little bit. But It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. I know, that's, right? That's what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> two weeks. Those Dr. Goldstein. Yeah. Dr. Well, Dr. Goldstein is <laughs> he and I have gotten very close. So um, for me, w- what we'll think about that game specifically, that play, will come down to if they win one. Yeah. Like that's all there is to it. Yeah, I think I don't think there's any doubt about if that. They, but it, part of I think part of what is implicit, and at least the the from where I sit, is that we are. We are closer to to doing that than at any time, in, at least in my mind, since 1983. And, and to I, be fair, that's something they would have said in 2002 as well. No, no, no. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. They would have said in 2002. Um, I wouldn't have said in 2013. <laughs> but um, but and, and and there is a big but here is that you know that's also implicit. And maybe 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 a part of it is that. Um, you know, I've been I've been a Georgia fan for a very long time, um, and the past few years, while I've been I've been a faithful Georgia fan, I, I've been a good Georgia fan. Um, I've also been in a, a fairly dark place regarding Georgia, particularly uh, particularly after last year. So maybe part of it's like this weight's been lifted off of me in a way that I, I wasn't expecting, and I could I could I will grant. That uh, that is something that I'm, I'm willing to say that is, it could color where I come from with this. You know, the one thing though that I will I will say that maybe is a counter to that that point is that while hope is a terrible and dangerous drug, it is also a necessary component in my mind of maintaining fandom over time. Right? I mean, you you, you bring up Cleveland. I mean, part of the reason why the drive and maybe this some, maybe this is what you're getting at. Part of the reason about the drive is. Not only did the team leave for a number of years, they've just been abysmally yeah. bad. I mean, that was the peak. That was right. That was like, it. That moment that was actually the most horrible thing that could happen to you turned out to be the best it ever got. Literally. Like, this is the Bills thing, too. Like, they <clears throat> lost four Super Bowls right. in a row, one of the worst things that can possibly happen to you. Right. And that's actually the glory days. Right. Yeah. Like, that's the nightmare <laughs> scenario. Right. And again, this is better than that. Like, this is getting that close. The David Roth, the Deadspin, wrote a piece today yeah. talking about, would you rather, ultimately as a fan, would you rather be blown out or lose at the last second? Well, lose I, the way that the Vikings lost yeah. or lose the ways that the, ways that the Jaguars I think lost. the Vikings can handle their loss a whole lot easier than Jaguar fans today and even the team. I mean, today. Today. But in like 10 years, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like Vikings fans, because they literally had like three quarters to process it. Yeah. Like it was over. Well, it's like a good question. Which one do you feel worse about? Last year's Super Bowl loss or the Super Bowl loss to Denver? Of last year's, definitely. Okay. Okay, so then you'd rather be blown out. Yeah. So which team do you think was better? Which Falcons team do you think was better? Uh, man, Terrence Mathis and who is it? Tony Martin and Chris Chandler, Jesse Tuggle. You, oh. lo- you lost me with Chris Chandler, by the way. <laughs> He was playing great. You, you need to you need to go edit that part out. <laughs> he was playing great. I'm sorry, last year's Falcons would have destroyed. That you think team. so? Well, you yeah, bring up a good point, particularly if, if Eugene Robinson isn't available or not oh, full capacity that's right. to guard those so, corners. Yeah, insert your own hooker joke. Yes. Yeah, had he not had he not done that, they, yes, they probably would have won that game. Fourteen points. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, there, there, there's my uh, there's my fandom kicking yeah, in again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's too hard to tell, but no, I definitely feel worse. About last year's, I still think about it, like on random moments that remind me of it, and it's it hasn't even quite been a year. I know that this coming two weeks of the Super Bowl lead up, I will be watching less and less Super Bowl coverage because the Patriots are back and they're going to start rehashing what happened last year and talk about how great they are. I mean, these are the stakes of being a sports fan. Right? Absolutely, like, of course. Yeah. But the also, it's also good because you can change the channel or not listen <laughs> yeah. to it or not watch the last play. right. Uh, but put it this way: think about how angry. Everybody was 
the, the, it was funny. There was that great story that came out about the Georgia decision-making process of the year that they fired Rick. To how uh, the after the Alabama game they were mad, and then the Florida thing, and then the, them celebrating Georgia Southern too much. So I think you actually mentioned on this podcast, right. uh, Scott. So. Like, we've seen that process a little bit. And you think about how angry the boosters were and how frustrated everybody was and how upset and how there needed to be a change and all the angry bad fans that we've talked about over the time of doing this podcast and really the time of you guys been rooting for Georgia. You've seen how angry people get. This team is the best Georgia team we've seen in the last however long. Certainly in, in what, 30, in 35 years. Generations. 35 and they just, years. they just provided a moment that was actually worse than all of that anger of those of those twenty years. Now, I would argue that's awesome. That's what sports are. Like that's great, right? Yeah. Like to get that close and have it taken away. You're arguing, Scott, and ultimately I kind of agree. You're arguing that it's hard. It hurts more to get that close and lose. But what I think is kind of ironic about all this is that level of vague disappointment we should be better why are why are we not better we are georgia we should be great is as frustrating and led to mark rick getting fired and led to all of these changes and this moment with the best team that we've seen this moment is actually provide a lower moment in the, in the short term in the short term i think obviously things are pointing in the right way but in the short term, that's actually a worse moment. You think, what are your worst moments as a Georgia fan in the last 20 years? Like, maybe you say the Alabama game. Maybe you say the Bowder game. But what's the first thing that's going to come to everybody's mind? It's going to be that pass in the end of that game. And that's the stakes, right? Like, that's what happens when you get excited. i got to be honest. The worst, moment, the worst moment in the past how many ever years is losing to Boise State at, Georgia, at the Georgia Dome. Oh, I, I washed that from my memory. I was at that game. No, 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 no. I will tell you, and, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you exactly why. Um, and maybe there's a corollary between. We were supposed to be good. Certainly a corollary between the, the Patriots Okay, there's a Alabama. difference between the worst moment and the lowest moment. I guess that, that's the way I want to make that clear. Is Let's be clear. Uh, oh, now low, you say it. Like the uh, rock bottom <laughs> moment. Yeah, like the rock bottom moment. Everybody knows the rock bottom. Like for me, the rock bottom moment is probably the Florida Bowder game. Losing to Central Florida. Since I've been watching the rock bottom moment is that Florida game. Yeah. That's, that's not necessarily the same as the worst moment or the one that you, when it comes on the TV, you have to look away, which is what Scott's talking about. I think the rock bottom moment and the most painful moment are two very different things. Huh. Because maybe I, not. I, I see, I know, it's just for me. The, the most painful moment still remains losing to Boise State. Yeah, so the rock and, bottom moment. No, no, not rock bottom moment. Well, I think rock bottom moment is the battle game. Yeah. Uh, but the, the most painful moment. Look, and maybe part of it is, maybe there's some relativity there that, that I've got to talk with Dr. Goldstein about. Maybe part of it is that we lost in overtime to what, what history may well judge as the greatest football dynasty in college football history, putting aside and putting aside even the runs of, you know, Minnesota in the thirties and, and Notre Dame and Oklahoma and Alabama, well, the previous Alabama run and how many ever national championships Auburn says they have, but central Florida, central Florida is ongoing. But, and I say that in a way to say that, um, I, I, the, the thing about it to me is that Georgia football showed they belonged. And maybe that was maybe, – maybe I just set the is, bar that low. Is it I don't because know. of the opponent? Like what if Not, it was Ohio State that had done the exact same thing or Wisconsin or Clemson? Um, well, Clemson did the exact same thing two, three years ago. I'm, I'm I mean, saying Georgia, like in that, in that game, same scenario but just different team. Would it, would it be different? It, it might be. Yeah, I it may know, well I be. It that. may well be. It may well be. I, I can't. I can't argue the premise. And, you know, maybe maybe that's exactly right. Since I'm talking about Boise State as a low moment, yeah. uh, it maybe it's, maybe this opponent adjusted. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you know. Again, UCF and the Liberty Bowl. It's easy to say. Look, there there have been few kick in the nuts moments like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, in all honesty. I think it's just the most brutal possible way to lose a game. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I can I, say it. It's been, like, I feel comfortable. No, we're saying, all there. We all agree. I think it's worse, frankly, than any moment in that Falcons game. Right. Like, that Falcons game was bad because it was a progression of things that happened. That moment to have it, oh, my God, they sacked him. They can't kick. You're we, exactly we got right. It. And, and then to have it happen immediately before you even done celebrating the moment before. 
I just don't know in any sport <clears throat> there's a way to lose. That's worse. Yeah, and, and plus, I mean, we're all Falcon fans, but we live yeah. and die with Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Here, I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. Go, go Arizona Cardinals. Please. Well, okay. Well, um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the closest way is Joe, the Joe Carter walk off home run in game seven. Or Yeah, but see, remember, that, that, that's, that was a tie game. Yeah. And the Blue Jays were already up 3-1 in the series. Like, Georgia had this game won. So what is an equivalent in another sport to that type of gut The closest I can come up with would be... Um, well, maybe maybe the overtime. Um, overtime. <laughs> Extra innings in Game 7 with the Braves I would, and the Twins. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I think an NCAA tournament game is maybe even closer. Villanova. Imagine that yeah. Villanova game against a team like Illinois, frankly, that, yeah. has, that, that came that close. Illinois. Imagine, sure. no, 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 no. imagine Illinois' North Carolina loss, which was a generational team for Illinois. They'll never have a team that good again. That team was perfect and wonderful and absolutely was supposed to win the championship imagine that team losing the way that Villanova beat North Carolina a couple years ago that's the equivalent it's about as bad as you can possibly be so is there no established equivalent that actually happened or are we just going to have to say that you know maybe 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 a good one talking to say on the theme is is um NC State with the tip in at the buzzer against 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 Houston uh, Houston. yeah Uh, of course Houston had won a title sure so okay so so there isn't one I, I honestly can't think of a lot that's worse, as, uh, to be honest. I think. What may- about Indians, Cubs, World Series? Yeah, the Indians are. That's close. That's definitely close. Uh, the, the Rajay Davis home run, and they got the hope. The only, the only uh, thing about that is imagine if Georgia would have lost to, say. <clears throat> Like the Cubs a, another were- team that was, that was trying to get right. back like uh, Michigan, a Penn State, uh, someone like that. Scotty Norwood. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's rough. That's rough. And that's even. And I, the only way I think that could have been worse is if it was the fourth World Super Bowl. It's, yeah, it's yeah a, it was the first yeah, one. The it first. was the one. So it was the one they. they after that, they're like, all right, we'll get him next year. And maybe, maybe we're saying the same thing about Georgia. Okay, okay listeners. Oh my god. I'm uh, every, anybody <laughs> listening that comes up with a really good one, tweet it to us because we're kind of confused. Oh, now I'm miserable. What have you done? <laughs> I mean, I think it's. I mean. This helps though. This does. Your, this, this helps. Everybody's pain. <laughs> Independent of the fact that we are all Georgia fans, I think is justified in an impartial way. I just don't know yeah. if there's an actual worse way right. to lose a game than that. There's not. I just don't. And you think about if he hits the field goal, like he was supposed to. If uh, what the Alabama kicker hits the field goal, yeah, it's not as painful. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not as painful. It stinks, and we all saw it. Like the the stuck on a train track with the with the train coming five yeah. miles an hour toward yeah. you. It would have been a terrible way to lose. But it wouldn't have been that because what it happened is you're like, oh my god, he sacked him. Oh my god, here it comes, and everybody's going nuts, and everything's happening. And then to have it ripped away like that, I just, I honestly don't know if there's a worse way to lose. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's a, that's what I mean. The only way it's okay is if they win. And and what I think we'll be curious about as we do shows leading into next season. Because I don't want to really talk about. We, this we're not canceling the yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> it's over. Um, I can't the, afford to talk to Dr. Goldstein this much. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we move forward into, into future seasons, I think it is telling. I will. I will be curious to see how the fan base handles how they absorb what happened and how that affects their expectations. For the team moving forward, the idea of, I mean, honestly, they've been expecting a national championship every season forever. I know, but like now, like, does this, if they don't. No, I get it. The fir- first bump is free, right? Right, right, right. right the first right. bump is free. And now, I mean, but you know, now, now Kirby has to go get the good stuff from Columbia. Exactly. There's just, that's just yeah, the way it is. That's exactly right. And, and the minimum next year, the absolute bare minimum is to win the SEC East. The absolute bare oh, yeah. minimum. If he doesn't win the SEC East, you're gonna people are gonna start freaking out, and I think they're gonna start freaking out the same way that people kind of freaked out the as Falcons I, I, fans I this year. I don't know that winning the East is the bare minimum. I think it's the bare minimum, the, okay. like the absolute bare minimum. Right. Like I, you got to be in the game. Like if they don't win the SEC East, the I mean, people are gonna freak out. Look, we we talk about those fans in capital W, capital T, in that sentence, but I. As much as maddening as it's going to be, I hope we get to a place where we're going to talk about crappy Florida Bowls, meaning the Orange Bowl, as a group of six bowl. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, listen, you win the SEC East, and we'll, you know, we'll go over the schedule, but you win the SEC East, the odds are, you're put, the way college football is set up now, 
there's a very good chance you're putting yourself in a position to win the SEC championship game uh-huh. and you will play in the playoff. Well, That's obviously not 100%, but most likely. You know what you're going to hear a lot next year is Georgia's schedule is going to be considered trash. Like that, the out of conference schedule because you've got Austin P. But that's that's kind Middle of becoming Tennessee. that's kind of becoming yeah. industry standard anymore because people are realizing like why? does it actually do why that do you much do it? Good? Yeah. yeah, like why would you yeah. actually go through? Particularly now that you get more and more conferences playing more conference games yeah. because really Georgia would have been in the same position had they substituted Notre Dame this year for Austin P. This year right. and right. had the same record, they exactly. would have been in the same spot. The difference, of course, will be at LSU. That's going to be. Like that, that boosts your schedule automatically sure. as opposed to if they were hosting Mississippi State like they did this year. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. It depends on what yeah. Coach of course, o does. Uh, well, it's funny because this year we were totally like, wow, this home schedule is terrible. Yeah, and you're right. State turned out to be one of the best teams in the SEC. And we didn't have a single noon kickoff when that's all we were talking about. It's going to be noon, 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 noon. Yeah. I do think Austin Peay's probably going to be noon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we tech, tech, tech help, helped us with the noon kickoff. Tech and Vandy were both noon kickoffs this year. Um, so, but I think that like that to me is the question is how does everybody process what happened? Now it's been a couple weeks. We're starting to like come back out. The snow's gone away. We're starting to, okay, look, there's going to be another signing date coming up. Yeah. I think, I think it takes some getting used to, but like how much, like if they, if they lose in the SEC championship game next year, which it will be amazing. What a great season. If they lose to Alabama, that's going to be... It will feel... If, if yeah. Alabama lines up across from them and then in next year's SEC championship game, there's going to be a lot of nervous Nelly fans and thinking like almost like defeatist attitude. They won't admit it. The bravado will be like, oh, we got them this year. But inside, because I know that's what I'll be thinking, I'll be saying like, we've got a chance. We're, I'll probably predict Georgia to beat Alabama. But then inside... I'm going to be like, oh my god! We're I gotta say, if two is running that team next year, Alabama looks better. Yeah, they look better. <laughs> well, I will say, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I remain on the train that until if Nick Saban is still the coach at Alabama, and I, by all accounts, he probably will be until they roll his cryogenically preserved brain out to wherever they go to Ted, with Ted Williams' body. <laughs> um, the that until Georgia beats Alabama, right? It it maybe maybe it'll be real, but there will always be that doubt, and, and particularly now. <laughs> well, but particularly, but, but I mean, but, that doubt but, but here's there. the thing: that but, doubt might have been there if they would have beaten Clemson, but played he, Clemson, and beat Clemson. But here's that Alabama but here's, doubt would still be there. But here's the thing about this, and I will maintain this, and you can at me all you want. Georgia showed they belong on the field. Absolutely. They not only showed they belong on the field; they showed they were the better team. Now, couldn't agree more. Now. You you can you can come at me with your hot takes about Georgia didn't win. That's fine. I still think they're trash takes. Now I will say that there are, in particular, three or four different moves that happened that Nick Saban showed why he is a generationally and potentially forever greatest coach in college football. I mean, there, there's no way around it. He he went against every instinct. Because he was getting, he not just was getting out coached, he was getting out processed by his yeah. former assistant coach, and there was there was no two ways around that. There was no two Which ways. Is something around that. that's literally never happened. It has not happened before. The teams that have beaten Alabama nearly without fail have been teams that go against the grain, that run. I'm not going to say a wacky offense, but they run a spread offense. They do things differently, and. It, you cannot, even though the outcome sucked, even though the outcome didn't go Georgia way, you cannot look at that game if you're being objective and not think Georgia belonged on the field in a way that maybe no team has outside of maybe Clemson last year in a long time. What's the history of uh, Tua? And, Did he play at all? Yeah, he, he came in some. He played in that, Va- that Vanderbilt game. Remember, Vanderbilt was undefeated. Oh, and yeah. they came in like, we want Bama, we want so, Bama. But he, he didn't have a lot of experience. Yeah, but he played maybe, like the maybe, whole fourth quarter. He probably had like 35 attempts on the season. There right? is a clip of him in that Vanderbilt game that I encourage all of you yeah. to, oh, to watch. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, about. oh my God, this guy, like Alabama's backup quarterback might be the best quarterback in the oh, Okay. See, I hadn't really, yeah. I didn't know much about him. I just yeah. knew he was from Hawaii. And yeah, oh, by the way, Auburn fans, don't get my mentions about belonging on the field with Alabama, okay? Seriously, don't get my mentions. <laughs> So, all right, well, I feel we've all, we've all had a process here. We've all had a moment. We've all talked through it. And I think it's important that we understand that this is going to be an evolving process, right? Oh, yes. I mean, to get, to get back to your broader point, we will have always lost the 2018, I guess, national championship game. Yeah. Right. We'll, I mean, we'll always have been a part of that, yeah. too. 
Yeah. That's part of the history. And, and also, in future shows, say we do a show in, on May 27th, we're probably going to be talking about this. Yeah. Well, course, <laughs> You're in okay. the middle of baseball season. We'll yeah, I'm, be cool talking about I'm cool with that. Um, one question I have, I bought, uh, I bought a swag from the game like you're always yeah. supposed to. And I have a SEC championship hat that says Atlanta versus Georgia. Can I ever wear that? Uh, Alabama versus Georgia. I'm sorry, Atlanta. Uh, Alabama say, versus Georgia. No, National can't. championship National hat. championship hat. Nah. Alabama logo I, I would, I would hang it somewhere. Um, I wouldn't wear it. I got, my, I got William a shirt. He loves to wear it. He loves okay, to well wear it. Let, let him wear it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's also what four so. six, yeah, six, six nine, twelve. Yeah, I don't even know my own kid's age. Yeah. How am I supposed to keep up with yours? Uh, so <laughs> he's thirty four, Tony. I don't know why. Well, you really you blinked and missed a, two decades, um, three decades. I think this is a talk we need to have. Yeah, and we need to do it, and then I think we'll get a time later that we can talk about some of the personnel changes. Beamer, I think, was a discussion that. today. Yeah. Do you want? Is there anything? Before we get into our basketball moment and then reviews, I don't know if we have, we have reviews or not. No, we do. We do have a couple uh, reviews. Before we do uh, our basketball <laughs> moment reviews, any news items since uh, well, the game? There are, left. there are a couple of big picture items I want us to, to think about and focus on. The narrative after the game immediately is the losses, right? Georgia's losing all these running backs. They're losing all this defensive power. Um, to me, the hardest player to replace on this team is Roquan Smith and will remain Roquan Smith. Not taking anything away from what, what Chubb and Michelle did, but I don't think you can be objective and look at the stable of running backs we currently have and not think Georgia's fine there. Right, right, right. Um, now, defensively across the board, uh, it's possible we got better, even though Roquan Smith uh, and, and Bellamy and, Car- and Carter are leaving. Um, you know, having we had an awful lot of young guys get a lot of reps. Um, and young guys who could have been starting in other places and who will be a year older, and maybe the reason they weren't getting reps was that simply they need to learn the system more. Now, I, I, I say that, and then we turn around and give up 28 points a game next year. That's fine. Uh, that's not fine, but that is – that is. I, before you start throwing uh, – before you start running the, uh, the drafting the obit for Georgia's 2018 season, just be reasonable about both the talent on the, t- the, talent on the roster and – um, and the amount of time those guys, because we had a luxury this year that we haven't had at the University of Georgia in quite some time, which is blowout. Yeah. We have our blowouts. We have did not have blowouts in a long time, which means you get a lot of young guys getting a lot of reps in meaningful game situations. And quite frankly, that's part of the reason why Alabama is so good uh, and consistently good, especially when you get the big games. They had a lot. They're one of their top linemen. I assume he broke his leg off and had to go somewhere where they sold it off, and they sent in another guy who just like did the same thing. And Georgia is that's what the belt. And Georgia, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. And Georgia is, if not there, they're really close. You know, one thing that concerns me is the loss of Nizelik. I think he really set the tone on special teams, and yeah, that's, that's an overrated point. I mean, it's an underrated point. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can get another grad transfer from uh, some Ivy League school. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure Yale's got somebody that just booms it. Yeah, Harvard. Harvard, um, Fair Crimson. All right, this is good. I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah. We have many more conversations to go. I think maybe after the next recruiting day, maybe is a good time to uh, to do Yeah, something. I think there's also a signing day in March and April. Yeah, so, yeah, so we'll <laughs> And we'll probably have to do some sort of basketball-related show at some point, which brings us to our basketball moment. A, I would argue, incredibly <sighs> pivotal uh, couple of weeks coming up for Georgia and Mark Fox. Um, the loss to South Carolina was as bad as I had seen a team play for a long time until I watched the second half of the Auburn game, yeah, which was honestly, if there, it's funny, it's we'll see what happens if this season doesn't go end up in the NCAA tournament. I think you can pretty make a pretty strong argument that the second half of that Auburn game is Fox's bow to moment. I think it. Cl- I, think I was listening to it. What happened? I mean, I looked at. I, I, I was in stoplight. Four, just for those who weren't watching, George was up by fourteen at halftime right. and lost by sixteen. By right. yeah. And yeah, I was I was driving back from Stone Mountain. And I was listening to the game, and Jack and Walker were yelling for me to turn it off. I was like, okay, it'll it'll come back. I, I picked it up at the at the beginning of the second half, and I was at a stoplight, and I, I pulled up the ESPN app. And it showed that Georgia was losing twenty-five to four just in the second half. Oh, it, was, it was unbelievable. What happened? Well, two two things happened. Yeah. I mean, go 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 go. Well, two things happened. One, <clears throat> um, Georgia went really cold, really, really, really cold. Um, the the second thing that happened, and this is um, 
this is a, it's, it's a bug or feature, depending on how you want to look at it, maybe depending on how the team is shooting. Um, Mark Fox's offense, the way he runs, the way he likes his offense to run, is not geared at stopping runs of other teams. I mean, look, say what you want about Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl is a, um, he is a extraordinarily good in-game coach. Uh, and they made adjustments at halftime that basically allowed them to go in and attack defensively, I mean, offensively attack Georgia where they were weakest and move the ball around to find, to basically put Georgia in bad situations. And then they, they started playing a really tough, a really tough defense that when Parker went cold and when Jackson went cold, and eventually Mayton went going on, eventually he only scored, he only scored four points. When, when all the Georgia shooters went cold, there was really no stopping it. And next thing you know, you, you have a 31 to four swing. And they were going nuts. Like Auburn, say what you, I don't think it's about <laughs> Auburn, but like they're, they've got a clear home court. Yep. Huge edge in both football and basketball. Like they, yep. like I, so I've seen segment get really loud. That place was nuts. Yep. That place was big 10 nuts yep. uh, during that game. So Which why I, would you call it his Baltimore? Okay, that's what I'm going to say. Okay. So, so basically, here's the way to put it. I'm going to use an analogy that our friend Matthew Leach uh, said that I think is really dead on. It's not just – because all, all told, it's not a terrible loss. You lost on the road to a right. ranked what, team. 16 and 2 teams. Yeah, like there's nothing inherently wrong with it. But it's uh, several things at once. Uh, I'll get to Matthew Leach's things in a moment. One, it's what you're talking about of Fox's, Fox has a system. He has a system, and he does not like to deviate from it. And when it works, it's awesome. Remember, Georgia beat St. Mary's, who is like a top 15 team right now on the neutral court, which is the thing they're going to be hanging their resume hat on. Which is hard. Doing it hard. Which is so funny, of course, because we were actually so disappointed that they lost to Washington State the day before. It turned out to be the best possible thing could have happened because they got a chance to play St. Mary's in the third place game and get that that big resume win. They actually have... Like the only reason we're still talking about Georgia is be, for as a term, potential tournament team is because their non-conference resume for once was actually really good. Usually it's the SEC that they do well in, but it's that the way Auburn plays is so much more enjoyable mm-hmm. to watch. I think to a casual fan than the way that Georgia plays. You've got obviously the, just the large larger trend ideas of you've got Fox. This would be the year nine. He only made a tournament twice. Never won a game. But I think the, this is where I get to Matthew Leach's point. I think the real problem is it was Auburn and Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Matthew Leach uh, has this great analogy for what, how Fox and Pearl meet in the world of college basketball. Everybody understands that college basketball is inherently kind of corrupt. <clears throat> Everybody gets it. And there's a, like a base level of corruption to it. Where in the same way that if the speed limit think of think of the rules of college basketball recruiting and the way this works as a speed limit. The speed limit is 65. Everybody goes 75. And no, you're really not gonna get pulled over really right. for going 75. Pearl goes 115. And he goes 115, and then he gets pulled over and nailed. He says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, I won't do it again, and then he goes 115, and for a while he gets there faster than everybody else, but inevitably you're going to get caught. Fox goes 50. And I think that is, on one hand, honorable, and you respect him for it. And but on the other hand, not only is everybody flying past you, but is that actually even safer yeah. <laughs> to drive 50? And I think that to lose, not to, to not only lose, but to look so helpless in that second half. And to see the energy that they had at Auburn, even if it's because the coaches go on 115, I think there is a large contingent of people that have wanted to have patience with Fox who would like to see maybe someone go 75 is probably the best way to put it. And I think they're going to be exacerbated even more because they, they lost to the guy that goes 115. They don't want someone to go 115, to be very clear. They don't but they maybe like someone to go 75. And I think that is why that loss in particular is going to stick with him. And if they don't make the tournament, I think that'll be the moment to turn. Because they were just coming off a really nice road win at LSU, yep. and which was a great bounce back from the bad South Carolina game. Now they've got Arkansas tomorrow night. I don't know when this is going to post, so maybe people have already known about that. But then they've got a brutal schedule. Ken Palm, the college basketball uh, prediction, uh, Ken Palmer's prediction service, actually has them more like uh, more under 50% to win 
the next seven games. Now, they're all like 48, 49. They're all really close. They can go either way. But this, the point is, is this thing could go sideways now. And that's the fear, is that it goes sideways now. Well, the two things they have going for them, you talked about one, which is the out-of-conference. The other is they have a couple of fairly good road wins yeah. in the conference. And the good news is there's still some meat on the bone road win-wise. It feels like we say this every year in January. You have very little margin for error uh, because we're now to the point where the narrative has been set, especially after the South Carolina loss, which let's call it what it is. It's Frank Martin and, and Mark Fox actually coach. Their, what they want to do is nearly exactly the same. Right. They, they want to take the air out of the ball. They both run wing T uh, for you football fans. They both run a wing T. The idea is we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball 74 times a game um, and try to limit your possessions. That's exactly what both of them do. And not unsurprisingly, those games can get away from you. And Georgia has won a couple of those this year. They lost it. In South Carolina, it's a good basketball team. I mean, they made the Final Four last year. Um, but, but that they, is they're a, not that team. They're not that team this year, or at and least they're not right now. You can't lose it to them at home. You just can't. Yeah. And, and the LSU game offset, when Auburn would have absolutely offset it. Oh, so yeah. Just the way that that went down, it's just you hope that it doesn't go sideways. So are you saying this could be like a Mark Rick 2015 season for him to where it's okay, but then he's going mean, to be gotta, I mean, shown the door? I mean, I think more than ever, we've talked at the beginning of the year, He's got to make the tournament to save his job. I think that is more clear than ever in the wake of the Auburn game. If they don't make the tournament, I don't see any way they can keep him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the wild card here is, of course, what the football team did, just to bring it back around. Is like Anybody will tell you that at a program that is so football-heavy like Georgia that nothing makes the other sports coach's job easier than having a successful football team. And that's... That, and that it may, is what it is. That may be. Yeah, I agree, but that also speaks. Listen, we remember when when Rich got fired and Fox was all weird about it <laughs> yeah. and was all weird about Kirby when he first got hired. I think it's been smoothed over, but I do think that the remembrance of a guy who hung on for a long time and never got them to where they wanted to go will do Fox no favors if he has Yante Maton, one of the probably top twenty five thirty players in the country. And can't make the tournament. You saw Tyree Crump. I don't know if you saw this. Tyree Crump was complaining uh-huh. about Fox on social media. Now, Crump has his own issues, but that's the other thing that starts to get the ball rolling downhill a little bit. Now, I'm not defending Crump as a player. I think he has clear limitations, and he has obvious limitations that drive Mark Fox crazy. But it's just another one of those things that if you don't make the tournament, makes it easier for them to make the move. Yeah, I think that's right. So, fingers crossed, I, they, but they just they got to make the tournament. That's all there is to it. One quick thing on gymnastics. Courtney Cuppets-Carter won her first uh, gymnastics meet as Georgia's head coach. Uh, and the good news is it looks like the Lady Dogs are going to make the tournament. Number 21 in the country right now. Yeah, 17 pretty, pretty, what, and six two. in a row, I think. Yeah. Did you see that Texas A&M game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're really good. Uh, the, the problem with women's basketball is being 21 in women's basketball is a little like being 21 in football in that you're 21. If you're 21, you're still probably going to lose to the number one team by like 20 points. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, but we're, we're much closer. You, one, you we're much right closer right. when you were. And yeah. uh, the good news is this team is young yeah. and it's coming together. Um, yeah. I don't quite think they're going to sneak up on the likes of Mississippi State or or, or UConn. The goal, um, the, the a reasonable goal, if they can keep this going, you want to get the way, 16. That, the, the, yeah. the way the women's team, the women's tournament works too, is if you're a top 16 seed, you host. Yeah. So I think they're clearly going to make the tournament, barring a total collapse. <clears throat> but maybe you could stay hot like this. Maybe you get to host a couple games in the tournament, and that would be really fun. That'd be cool. All right. Reviews. Yeah, well, before we jump into the reviews, I uh, we got a well, I sent out a tweet earlier about that we're podcasting night and asked some followers what topics you'd like for us to cover, and didn't get a whole lot of response. I don't know if that's people maybe are not the way ready to come back. It. They're not ready to, uh, but they've been yelling at this podcast the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So one person asked what we thought about Roquan meeting Dick Butkus. That's cool. He won the award. I think that that I mean, where did he meet him out in the Rose Bowl, I guess, because he was presented the award by his son at the senior awards gala. So I think that's awesome. I think it is really nice for someone from a tiny 
football iffy school like Georgia gets a chance to meet an alum from a football powerhouse like Dick Butkus at the University of Illinois. Uh, I was waiting on that. Yes, that's right. That's right. He's like one of the most famous college football players. Like, honestly, two of the top ten most famous college football players of all time went to Illinois. You could ask my kids and Tony's kids who's, who Dick Butkus was, and they're both big into football, and I'm not sure they'd know. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's Tony's fault. But would, I, would Charlie know who Dick Butkus is? Uh, only because we live in Illinois. Um, only because right. they, they watch my two dads when he runs constantly. <laughs> it wasn't my two dads. It's Mr. It, Belvedere. No, no, it was my two dads. Bob Uecker was in Mr. Belvedere. It was yeah, definitely my two dads. It was my two Greg Evigan and Paul Reiser and, and Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus. So would um, it be my three? Never mind. No, no, he was the he was the he was the wacky neighbor downstairs. Yes. I got you. Um, uh, from so Mr. Papadopoulos. No, that's that's um, that's Alex Krauss. Do you think any other people any other people you think have potential to start week one, but ultimately have a real realistic shot at getting beat? I have no idea what that means. I'm going to skip that one. Uh, and then a uh, question of depth at long snapper. Um, well, I mean, I think it's legitimate. I mean, it's yeah. not, kind of like how I brought up uh, Nizalek leaving. You know, we've had, I think it was a senior long snapper. And, you know, that's always one of those things that you take for granted. The holder, uh, the snapper. I remember there was a playoff game with the Giants and the 49ers probably 15, 20 years ago. I remember the long snapper's name because he basically lost the game for him with two bad snaps. His last name was Junkin. Uh, for the Giants. Oh, Trey. Trey Junkin. Uh, yeah. And he messed up <laughs> Everybody the remembers the bad snap. It's one of those things where, you know, you never want to really appreciate or understand or think about the punter, the holder, or the snapper until they can't do their job. So the fact that that is a need for Georgia, I mean, it's, it's a legitimate question. We literally had a question come through just now. Yeah. Take a peek. Did, did Mark Fox lose his job in the second half of the UGA Auburn game on Saturday from Robert Wolf? Robert Reagan. Wolf. Or, Reagan. I'm sorry. Reagan. It's Robert's brother, Reagan. Okay. I was, I'm glad I didn't say it. Maybe it's his sister. No, it's, it's Reagan Wolf. Um, so. <laughs> I always forget I live in the South. Everybody, everybody's named after Reagan. Yeah. Well, there's that. So, you know, Ray, uh, I, you know, I think we covered, I think that's well-tread territory there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before we get in reviews, one thing, uh, uh, Reagan's, tweet reminded me of that uh, Reagan's on the event committee for the touchdown club of, of Atlanta. Their banquet is Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And if you are so inclined and want to support the touchdown club of Atlanta, they do have tickets for sale. And uh, there are many of Georgia signees and other signees who will be honored there, including Justin Fields. So oh, that's awesome. Justin Fields. Should, I feel like maybe he should compete for the quarterback. You know, let's not talk about that now. Let's, we got plenty of time to discuss. I mean, he's no Grayson Lambert. He has no Grayson Lambert. <laughs> All right, so we had three reviews come in uh, since we last did reviews. Um, here's one from December 27th uh, from JAS Bragg. Uh, says, great podcast, five stars. I've been a fan of Will's for a long time and have become even more of one since he's moved to Athens and discovered the beauty and passion that is UGA football. I've also been a longtime reader of the Georgia Sports Blog. And this is just an all-around great podcast that is a must-listen for any UGA fan. Great analysis from a fan's perspective. That is very kind. Nice. That's a very nice thing. Thank you. What was that guy's name? What was that lady's name? Jas Bragg. Jas Bragg. J Bragg. With two Gs. Yeah. Like, like Darren like, Bragg? Like Darren Bragg. Yeah. Like, is there a Carlton Bragg? I feel like there was a Carlton Bragg. Moving on, January 9th, review from Matthew in New Mexico. Oh. Leads it off saying, thank you. Five-star review. Build that wall. Wait, sorry. No, that's, this is the New Mexico. Yes, New wow. Mexico. Um, guys. <laughs> I've, I've totally we can, changed it. We can still build the wall. <laughs> yeah, totally. Guys. New Mexico is going to pay for it now. <laughs> here we go. Guys, thank you for accompanying me throughout this amazing season. I grew up in Athens, grew up going to dogs games, but I moved away years ago. I started listening when y'all just started and haven't missed an episode through the downs and mostly ups. The past few years, I've lived first in Colombia and now in New Mexico. And suffice to say, most of these wonderful people I've come to know... He misspelled something. I've come to know now... He oh, now a you're K. a proofreader? Well, he said, well, he said no, no, uh, with a K. <clears throat> Let me start over. The past <laughs> few years, I've lived first in Colombia and now in New Mexico. And suffice to say, most of these wonderful people I've come to know now, close... <laughs> I've come to know, okay, my bad, he should have used a comma. 
Let me start over again. Commas are important. I am a. Can you just diagram the sentence? I am a professional podcaster. <laughs> the, it's hard to read with this like six font type. Getting old. Hit your wait, 40s, you, can't see wait till you get forty nine. I can see. I just can't read. <laughs> right. The past few years, I lived first in Columbia. Is that Missouri, South Carolina, or is it, is or it, is it, UM it South or is America? It is it O M or is it U M? It's O M. Then he is in the Columbia of the country. Okay. Okay. Let me do this again. The past few years, I've lived first in Colombia. Which now, is better than Columbia, South Carolina, by the New way. Mexico. Not better Columbia, Missouri, though. And suffice to say, the most of these wonderful people I've come to know know close to nothing about college football or understand why this is so special to people from the South or Midwest or even West Coast. Y'all have helped me feel close to home and close to the dogs through it all. The trio chemistry of this podcast is on point. I like that. Like some sort of strange, ideally honed Athens-Georgia Bulldog triangle. I can't thank each of y'all enough for these episodes each week. Thank you for all of these podcasts for an incredible season. Please keep it up. Go dogs! I'm oh, glad I finally dogs. got that through nice. that. Nice. Nice. That, was nice. that was very nice, Matthew. Thanks, Sorry man. I butchered your review. And then finally, we received one on January 12th. From JL Dog ninety four. Have these all been after the national championship game? Well, the twelfth is. Oh, so that's, this is the first one. Oh wait, we have the ninth. After. So we have two that's after the day the after. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, maybe maybe since he was in New Mexico, I hadn't seen it yet. That's true. It's like like the Australian Open. It, it's over already. <laughs> um, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. Thank you. We're all doomed. Five star review. Dear Scott, Tony, and Will. I've been a UGA football fan since I was eight years old and watched us win the title in 1980. So that means he is, what? 163. Four years older than me. Just this week, I was remembering the national championship trucker hat I wore in those days. Wish I still had it. I do, too. I I wish you still had it, too, because those are hard to come by. I graduated from Georgia in 1994, and I remember how excited I was when an early enrollee named Eric Zier walked into class when I got to shoot pool with Garrison Hurst in the old Tate Center game room and when we beat Bama 17-16 on that field goal from John Casey when we had been behind for 17 hours and Carswell saved our fanny. Thanks, Larry. The intervening years have been full of joys and heartaches as well, but I will never forget the 2017 season and my team. My sons and I have taken in every minute together on TV, and I want y'all to know that the Wait and Since Last Saturday podcast has been bound together with this magical and now heartbreaking season. You fellas have done such a great job not only informing us, but also giving expression to the passion, joy, anxiety, hope, and pride of the Bulldog Nation. Thanks for leading the way, and as always, go dogs. I mean, I'm still blown away by the depth that people go to to write yeah. our, our oh, it's, it's Yeah, Will said it before. He'll get reviews that are like two sentences. Yeah, they really sound quality. Really sound quality, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Sound quality. Sound quality. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, the Grish Leach review just got one of those. They like Star Wars. The new Star Wars sucks. There's too many girls. So I got one of those reviews. So, yeah. Too many girls. Oh, you've missed a whole backlash to the new Star Wars. There's a whole... Someone actually did an edit of the movie... I uh, saw that, but I ignored that because yeah. I had my Twitter set to mute I was, I, on dumb shit. So. I liked Laura Dern's um, character. I just didn't think Laura Dern was good executing her character. <gasps> no, I, I gotta uh, disagree I, with your police work there. Uh, I. Th- <laughs> <laughs> It was amazing. By the way, Sorry, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was a great part. Um, you know, there was something off-putting about her at, in the be- well, her hair too, but in the beginning. Um, when did we become a movie review podcast? No, yeah, sorry. Um, I, I got but, but you know, I, I really she, she has a yeah. she has a sass about her that really She's, pulled off the the. Like the it character. just seems shocking to see her in that. Yeah, I don't know, maybe because you're used to seeing guys in that role. And yeah, there's I, a woman in that role. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have a problem with it being a woman. Well, I don't think you had a problem with it, but I think you're used to seeing. I don't think that you're like a jerk. Don't don't I, man don't yeah. man Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, usually that role is played by a guy, and this time it was played by a woman. Just like the uh, or Jar Jar Binks, the the, uh, the the top stormtrooper that uh, that fights with uh, yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah, whatever her name is, the one with the chrome helmet. Yeah, see, usually I don't, that's a guy. Okay, but I don't I don't care if it's a guy or a girl. I don't like that character, not because they're a bad guy. Because it reminds me of Buck Rogers or Battlestar Galactica. I think the uniform's all wrong. Yeah. The uniform's all wrong. It's the shiny. No, I, 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 I'm starting to think Scott might like the, uh, the edit of this movie that has no women in it. 
I, I didn't dare watch it, but it's. I never even occurred to me there were too many women in the movie. No, her because you're not a. Oh. Her, her, well, I am, but her armor or whatever you call it reminded me of like when Kentucky wears the metallic helmet. It just doesn't. doesn't well, I thought work. you liked that. I don't. I don't okay. like the metallic helmet okay, because I, I liked it when it first happened five years ago. I'm like, wow, look at this. And now that every you know non Power Five school wears. By the way, I've read somewhere somebody suggested Georgia had the metallic helmet, and I was like, you are you? I would no. Un, no, unsubscribe. No, no. The only, the only uniform. I can't even change, talk about it. The only uniform change that needs to happen with Georgia is None. every now and then. None. Hold on, hold None. on. Every now and then to throw out the black jersey at a night game. That's right. it. That's uh, all I'm asking for. Fine, nothing I'm, crazy. I'm fine with that. Okay. All right, so uh, let's do another show uh, maybe after the exciting day or maybe uh, Thursday. Sometime in February. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, sometime in February. How about Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day. Uh, no. Probably not that. It's a terrible idea. But uh, in the general sense. So is Valentine's Day. Uh, well, I think it's made up too, but Valentine's Day is an actual day, like sweetest day. It wasn't like sweetest day nope. and Hallmark. It's all Hallmark stuff. It's a made up. It's a made up holiday. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Well, otherwise, uh, glad to be back together with you guys. Glad to see that we've Likewise. all we've all reconstructed ourselves, pulled ourselves off the floor, and got back out there to get going. So until then, go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with a post-signing day podcast probably sometime the second week of February. Even if we're not podcasting, we are available on social media. Twitter's a great way to get in touch, so reach out to us at WSLS Podcast. The reviews are open as well. With another show planned in a few weeks, we'd love nothing more than to have a couple of new, fresh podcast reviews to read and discuss amongst ourselves. Plus, reviews really do help new people discover our show, so they are not only appreciated, but actually helpful with the whole algorithm thing that Apple does. In the meantime, good luck to the lady dogs, the gym dogs, and man, does the men's basketball team need to go on about a four or five game win streak. So, good luck to them as well. We'll see you on campus very soon. Have a great rest of your week, and go dogs. Go dogs.